Episode 9, nobody's listening. Uh, actually, that's not true. Everyone's listening on Star Wars Escape Pod, or at least we hope you are. Uh, but that is what this latest episode is called of Andor. And we're about to break this down with our co-host Blake and our friend Kirk, who has joined us in the Escape Pod today. So, let's welcome them to the show and get started. Oh, and stay tuned towards the end. We might have some time to get in some, into some Star Wars headlines, which uh, have been uh, circling the the internets the holonet let's go another happy landing Welcome back to the show, Blake. Hello there. Yes, always good to be back on, on the escape pod. Always good to have you, mate. And uh, we have Kirk. Welcome back, man. Hello, hello. Keen on this one. Good to have you back, man. And uh, I mean, uh, we got one more. We got another couple a couple episodes of Andor before the show is done. Uh, so, I mean, this thing is kind of coming to a close and we finally got some initiative with this episode that there's finally going to be a prison break, which we've been kind of waiting for this thing to happen for a while now and it still hasn't happened yet but uh yeah let's uh, let's start off with some initial impressions of this episode just off the top of your head i mean like you know any any, any thoughts to kind of just spew out before we kind of get started here breaking this one down uh, i would say that i'm really enjoying the uh just like the the anxiety kind of that's i feel like is induced by this episode it just feels like you're just under oppression the whole time <laughs> which it uh, feels like that's what it would be like under the Empire, and I'm liking the the immersion that that really brings. I feel like you don't really get that with a lot of Star Wars content. Mm. Usually it's a lot more happy-go-lucky, like, yeah, like, we're the underdogs, we're gonna do it. What about you, Kirk? Yeah, I have to admit, compared to what I said last week, where I thought they were going to break out this uh, episode, um, well, I guess spoils already, but I may have been slightly wrong. But that still leaves us with, what, two episodes to go until, or three episodes. Three. Until, yeah, three, uh, yeah. Until uh, they get out of the prison, which I think is really good pacing. I think there was, like, there was like barely any action in this final, or in this last episode, but I felt like it was like one of the most tense Star Wars episodes I've seen oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. a long time, despite there being no blasters, no laser swords, as they say. Yeah. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Cause like I missed the last podcast, but I would have I would have said the exact same thing, especially because the the three episode arcs are what we had been seen, what we had seen so far. So I would have guessed this episode would have been the prison break as well, mm-hmm. and it'd be going to the next thing. 
But I guess this is going to be a six-episode arc or so. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's tough to say. They're finally kind of breaking pattern with the the three the three episode arc thing that they've been doing so far. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. I I totally I totally agree with the you know I had I had the same impressions. Um, uh, this this episode felt very. Uh, I, I know I'd like I'd like to use the word claustrophobic again. Like it, you know, it's just it was just very. Um, uh, very stressful to like watch, mm. uh, but yeah, it, it was cool. I I really liked it a lot. Um, some some things revealed in this episode as well, which I thought was interesting. So let, let's start off with the first point um, that I that I put down here. Um, Dedra reveals that they tracked uh, Salmon Pack through his radio that Bix used, and um, she has a huge rant to Bix. You know, basically reveals to both us as the audience and to her as a character that uh, just everything she knows basically. Uh, before submitting her to torture anyways, uh, claiming that, yeah, she's not going to re- believe Bix, you know, regardless of what she says under pressure anyway. So, you know, let, let's just kind of, you know, give her to Dr. Gorst over here, the creepy guy in the corner, and uh, <laughs> just, like, see what he can pull out, right? Um, torture method that he's got is beyond terrifying. Uh, screaming children, you know, dying people, all that stuff, um, amplified through that, headphones to the victim. Is that what it is? Is that confirmed? Do we know? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what they hinted at, is that it was, you know, people people suffering greatly under pain, or I, I would I would imagine, I think it was dying, it was like dying children and, and people, yeah, it was it was bad. It was like, oh, I know I keep pitching all these YouTube ideas, but maybe so funny, you just super cut so many soundtracks under that, just like puts on the headphones and, it's a small world after <laughs> all. It's like, there's so many, so many options I, you can do. Oh, totally. Uh, what was interesting about this scene, though, uh, which I kind of had to bring up, is uh, I'm sure some people listening might be aware of the, you know, the the, the true uh, uh, horrors about um, enhanced interrogation and and just kind of the uh, the methods that were used uh, in a few in a few cases in the past uh, by the U.S. military and and stuff in the war efforts of of uh, various circumstances, but um, I just thought that was another great kind of comparison of of uh, uh, you know it's like something that something that actually kind of exists in in real world um, warfare that, that that they kind of cycled into Star Wars and and we haven't really seen enhanced interrogation in Star Wars before. We've just seen kind of probe droids with like special medicine that makes you talk. So I, that's also kind of like a nice parallel, but uh, you know, to truth serums and stuff, but it's, it's, it's more kind of imperial, more horrifying to kind of see like, Oh yeah. Truth serums like, you know, no big deal. You know, it's really kind of like even worse. This kind of be submitted to this terrible like audio. That's just kind of blaring in your ear until you're just like kind of crazed, right. That you just kind of reveal your secrets. So I I wanted to know what you guys thought of that. Yeah, I heard, like, I don't know how trustworthy Twitter is, of course, but I saw this thread on Twitter where apparently the editors and sound designers came up with the audio that was played and it was going to be played in the episode, but they decided to pull it because it was just too much to maintain the the PG or whatever the, the current rating is for that particular episode. Mm. So I don't know what on earth they decided to record, and I'm obviously quite uh, quite not surprised that Disney said, you know, maybe, maybe it's not a great idea to, to put something like that in, but um, I can imagine it would have been um, 
at least mildly horrifying what they could have played. And I think obviously whatever was actually played through the speakers of the character would have been uh, even more so. Or maybe they just played a really bad Star Wars soundtrack playlist and it was awful and she didn't like it. I don't know. Could be one or the other. <laughs> they just played Yub Nub for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a, a reveal. They're, they're playing the spoilers for the next episode. She she didn't want it spoiled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was. Um, it was uh, Blake. What are you, What are your thoughts on this? Like this enhanced interrogation that the Empire is re- using. Uh, it's definitely interesting. I don't. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that in or out of Star Wars. Like, it's almost like they tried to come up with something a la Chinese water torture. You know, it's, it's something that just seems like so bizarre mm. or like bam, bamboo torture. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, that, was that Japanese or Chinese that they that they did that? I'm not actually sure on that one. I just know I've just heard of it yeah. as a form of torture, which Crazy. sounds pretty terrible. Crazy stuff. Really, yeah. really slow. So yeah. uh, I think it kind of I think the idea was to do something similar to that where uh, just unexpected, I guess. And yeah. what's and to what Kirk was saying, uh, doing a, I mean, they obviously pulled audio, which made it even more so the case, but by doing a sound-based torture, they could put that on a screen to get a, a better rating. <laughs> so, because if, if they saw her being beaten constantly, I feel like they probably would get bumped up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there, there was something very claustrophobically terrifying about just kind of, I, I expected to hear the noise as well, so I, uh, uh, you know, I kind of braced myself. But then when I just heard silence, and then just the scream of Bix, I was like, "Oh, dang! Like that's that that sends chills, you know? <laughs> um, that sounds chills." Yeah, so, it was yeah. insane. I thought the transition to the next scene as well was really well done uh, when they cut between that um, from when Bix was screaming. But what I found even like creepier, at least in in comparison to the uh, interrogation was how proud the Imperial officer was to this concoction that he kind of developed. And he was like telling the features of what was in this method of torture. Like he was releasing a new iPhone. Like I was like this guy and the empire is just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is. He, he kind of played the character really well in that sense. You know, it's just like this off the, off the rails kind of guy. Um, Andor's begun to plot his escape. Uh, they showed a broken panel in the refresher. That's a Star Wars way of saying the bathroom, I believe. I think it was the bathroom, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's fresher, not refresher. Fresher, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it and was... Is, and because everyone... So this is like a common mistake. People assume that's the drawer from the refrigerator. That is not correct. That drawer is called a crisper. A crisper, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, for uh, reminding yeah, us no all problem. of that. Clarifying, you know. Uh, so, we put the, so we put the food in the crisper and we go to the bathroom in the fresher. That's right. That's right. You do not want to mix those two up. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> So uh, in that case, where do you watch Star Wars television? Oh, well, I conveniently have my toilet right next to the refrigerator, so I just sit on the toilet while I'm eating and watching from there. Okay, so two birds one stone. That's efficient. You don't have to just get up. No, that way, I don't miss anything. I don't have to pause the show. Just everything is uh, arm's reach. Oh, that's what I call a, a circle complete. You know, it goes in one <laughs> end, comes out the other, and. <laughs> Consume your entertainment while you're at it. That's that's a fresher, crisper combo. Yeah, <laughs> special order. 
yeah, so uh, <laughs> our, uh, our our hero here has, has kind of begun his escape. It's, it's, it's unclear whether or not it's just him working at this this pipe in the in the in the fresher, but uh, maybe this will play into s- some future episodes. Uh, you know, if they ever need to access whatever is back there, uh, who knows? So I have a question to that. So I was under the impression. So correct me if I'm wrong, but. I- the way he said, I'm going to take my run, and then he went in and started working on it, led me to believe that he's not the only one trying to do this escape. Like, there's, like, mm-hmm. a, a group of them. Right, that, that would make that? sense. Yeah, I, I kind of got that feeling. Yeah, it's just, uh, it wasn't, like, confirmed that that was the case, but that would make sense to me. Yeah. yeah. I definitely felt that as well. That was, it was not just him, and especially, like, they seemed like they were all kind of on the same, not all of them, but at least on that table, they all had a pretty similar idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Mon Mothma's speech in the Senate was uh, a big a big thing for me in this episode because uh, she has something to say, obviously, about the P.O.R.D. and uh, in efforts to really save the Senate. Uh, and she refers to the Senate and the building itself as a temple, right? Um, she tries so hard to keep democracy alive in this moment, and people are kind of shouting in the background, like, long live the empire. And, you know, yeah. um, you know, while the galaxy is like pushing for more reliance on the emperor's ruling and uh, this these initiatives, these programs that he comes that they that they, I guess, come up with uh, to give more power to the empire. Nothing has changed since the Clone Wars. I mean, like ever since the Clone Wars, it got worse. it's just getting worse. Yeah, it's just like more and more freedom that these senators have on behalf of their own people. They're giving it up in, in you know, knowing like, oh, yeah, I could just get to sit in comfort, you know, on Coruscant. I get to do nothing all day. How great is that? And uh, all I did to do is show up and say, long live the empire. People are happy. I get paid. And, and, uh, so, you know, the empire does my job for me. Right. Here's the thing though. Cause I actually was talking to Bryce about this scene last night and I missed this, but if you go to that scene, like the wide angles, you can see all the chairs. A lot of them are empty. Yeah. So a lot of senators aren't even bothering to show up. Right. So it's almost like they, they really don't have any say anymore anyway. So why bother? Mm-hmm. And that yeah. and Bryce pointed out that that makes even more sense now in A New Hope when the Emperor finally dissolves the Senate because yeah. the senators never, they, at this point, they had no power. So a lot of them weren't showing up. There was no point. It was, it was very easy to dissolve it all together. Yeah, why yeah. bother? Unless they were all working from home. But I doubt doubt that was the case. I doubt that was the case. And, like, that goes inside as well with the fact that as she was, uh, you know, doing her speech, everyone's just either turning the lights off as in, like, they're leaving their pod or maybe that was a uh, signal in the Senate that they're voting on an issue and that was the way that they, I don't know, maybe approved the the votes for a particular issue. I think they were showing that they were scoffing at her and showing their allegiance for the Empire against what she's saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. So they're like, I'm, this isn't even worth listening to. Yeah, that, that's yeah. also very, very possible as well. Um, all right, the last Senate gathering that we got a glimpse of was when the raid happened on, um, on the, you know, on the, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the planet now, but uh, when they basically robbed the empire and uh, there was all this news kind of bustling about, that was when people started to kind of, kind of leave the Senate and, attend to their business of whatever whatever they they got going on but 
Uh, I think like that. It's just it's just interesting that every time the Senate is shown in this show, it's always from a standpoint of like nobody cares anymore, you know. And uh, it's yeah, so true. It, it, it's just kind of it, it's interesting. Is it, it, to me, it's just very interesting because Mon Mothma is like one of the very few people that actually still cares about speech, right? And and um, you know, I, I just I think back to what Padme says in Revenge of the Sith, like, oh, so this is how liberty dies, like thunderous applause, right? Just like people are excited that they just, oh, someone's got the answer, right? And I don't need to do it anymore. Like, I don't need to struggle with trying to, you know, do this or that or whatever on behalf of my people. Like, yeah, the emperor's got it. The empire's got it all figured out. They got the whole security thing. They got the order going on, you know, like there's galactic peace finally. Like a lot of people are just so frustrated with how things ended up a couple of years ago that they're just, they don't care anymore. They're just like, yeah, you know what? Let's just let the PRD take it from here. <laughs> um, Vel is uh, revealed to be Mon's cousin. Uh, getting uh, getting the feeling that this might be the last time that we see her and Mon together. Now, I think it came up last time or, or a couple weeks ago. Somebody brought this up where uh, Mon is still, she's still kind of living her life in the shadows in the sense with the rebellion. And, and at some point she's got to kind of break free of that. And, you know, we know her to kind of be uh, an in-your-face kind of leader when it comes to the rebellion versus the empire. At some point she's got to come out and, and you know, claim open warfare basically. Um what's her breaking point right and and i think uh this show is like a f it's full of breaking points it's full of people finally kind of that's the last straw i'm gonna do this kind of thing and uh and i i don't know maybe her breaking point is the death of her cousin uh it, it, oh, i mean maybe it could be uh it, it it's revealed that you know they're obviously fighting for the same cause her husband her daughter know nothing about her own reasons for fighting uh, or they don't know anything about the rebellion and uh, yet her cousin does. So they're clearly very close. Right. And I just got thinking, well, maybe something's going to happen to her. So I don't know what you guys thoughts. Like when, when they're having a conversation there, did, did you get any kind of feeling that's like, Oh, this might be the last goodbye. Yeah, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kirk. Yeah. I found it like a really good story point, how they tied in, uh, it's, a, it's a Vel, right? Vel yeah. with Mon Mothma. Because um, it almost seems like all the stories now are kind of coming together, which is really good. So, like, obviously Cyril and Deidre and, and then now Vel and Mon Mothma. So I think there has to be some type of event where there has to do with Mon Mothma's daughter because I feel like the daughter isn't just there for show. Like, she has to... There has to be something to do with that. Um, and I really feel like it's going to get to a point where potentially her husband, as in Mon Mothma's husband, is going to find out that there's something going on and, and oh, that will man. lead to, It'll that will lead to, yeah, it could turn her in or, or something even worse. And I feel like she might go and file ahead with that divorce in the end, but who knows? <laughs> what about you, Blake? Well, it's interesting because I never really thought about it while watching it, but yeah, what you were saying, Josh, where it's, it's possible that the cousin fell that she she dies somehow that would make a lot of sense because we don't see her in any of the films even when mon mothma is around right mm -hmm. like return of the jedi so that does make sense i don't know i've been kind of playing in my head trying to figure out when mon leaves the senate in the first place because 
obviously like she she could sort of like stay secret all the way up to the point where it's dissolved we don't actually know if she's there right. the whole time or not yeah it's never really um i don't know i guess on screen it's never happened i know in star wars rebels there's a bunch of stuff that you know she is leading the rebellion quite openly in 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 a few arcs where she shows up but uh i i Publicly, can't though where civilians are aware in the empire yeah or is it just within the rebel lines? i i i thought that it was just within the rebel ranks but i i don't know that's the thing like i i'm, I'm a bit unsure as to whether or not uh this event would happen before rebels or not because uh here's the thing right like how it works right now is like uh, the lower levels, or the, the the hierarchy of how the rebellion is sorted right now is what we were talking about when the show first started. Nobody knows who's at the top, right? And I think that's kind of the whole idea is that like her identity is protected. But as soon as it really becomes like an actual faction, and you know the 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 pilots are starting like the captains and whatever, all of a sudden they know who's actually in charge here. Then yeah, maybe maybe that's at the point where you know she's really kind of put things behind her and gone, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to show the empire what's up. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe this show is going to be the show to do it. Maybe we're going to actually see the moment where she kind of drops the mic in the Senate and goes like, you know, forget y'all. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, the empire sucks kind of thing. And this just crossed my mind now. It's really strange that we haven't seen bail at all. Bail Organa. You yeah. think that there'd be some sort of interaction between Mon and Bale? I think it, I feel like we yeah. haven't seen him because of he's he the actor itself. He he's quite old now, so it wouldn't make too much. Well, well he, maybe, he was an Obi Wan Kenobi though. Yeah, yeah true. That's fine. I guess how, how long after is Andor set to Obi Wan? I guess five years or so. So yeah, but it, it's should, be, yeah. it should be alright. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, he like it, realistically, like he's kind of been in my mental list of cameos, like people to show up in this show, and I'm kind of surprised that they've left it so long before he, he you know, like, yeah. that he hasn't shown up yet. But even they, if just like these Senate shots, just have him like the next one over. I <laughs> it might be something they're saving for season two because you know there there will be a time jump and then a season two, so maybe maybe we'll get some Jimmy Smiths in in that. Uh, uh episode as well um but you know who, i think who two things like i think two things will happen number one just like how in that rebels episode where we see mon mothma on the on the run and and there's a mention of why she's on the run as she's first spoken out about the empire number one i think we'll see that i think we'll see a speech of some kind or some big thing that will happen because if you look at her character for now we've learned a little bit about the behind the scenes of her and we haven't seen too much action happen with her yet she hasn't kind of you know enforced anything uh, but number two i also feel like luthan's character like the the assistant to luthan might might get the instruction that you know vel hasn't been able to track down andor so perhaps she's also going to be trying to tie up loose ends as well mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the sense that getting rid of vel i don't know but I feel like th those two things will come together, and Luthen and um, the senator's story hasn't hasn't really kind of finished yet. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, the ISB is catching up. They're making the right connections with the right things. They're getting closer to finding out where Andor is, who who he's working with. Um, and, you know, a lot of stuff kind of went on in that meeting room, and I just wanted to just just bring it up, like you know, out of all that stuff that happened in that ISB meeting room, like did anyone kind of pick anything out that you want to talk about or 
uh, should we just kind of move on to the next thing? I found it to be a lot of uh, corporate chit chat, so I can't remember yeah. exactly what uh, what what they've uh, were discussing in particular. But it, it feels like, at least compared to the start of the show, that uh, Deidre is more in line with what everyone else believes in 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 that kind of room. At least I feel like that a couple episodes ago, but now I feel like she's starting she she's starting to get even more control in in the space, but. Apart from that, that's all I kind of think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. It seems like she's proven herself to at least her immediate supervisor, and now he's backing her as she's kind of trying to, you know, go for the bigger fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's for always sure. a bigger fish. Yeah. It's always a bigger <laughs> Little fish. Little does she know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, another thing is, is, uh, Cyril, he's, he's apparently he's been promoted, um, and he kind of confronts Dedra again, basically kind of worshiping her outside the, it's so weird. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, weird. Stocks her like corners her outside I mean, her place of work. Just, I have just... never felt more cringe in my life. <laughs> watching that clip. I, I, I didn't understand what was coming, what was coming first. But then when like he grabbed her and looked at her that way, I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta turn away. This is, yeah. this is too much. Yeah, yeah. And it, the way he says, like, just being in your presence, I'm like, oh, give me a break. <laughs> I mean, like, what the heck is going on here? So you make him sound like Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? I remember the first three episodes. I was really fascinated to hear, uh, to see where Cyril's kind of story was going to go because he was that you know corporate staff member that had his first little day. On the field gave that really bad speech and then yeah, obviously right. yeah obviously had some really bad ptsd but like his character in my opinion i don't know if you agree with me but it's kind of gone nowhere he's just turned into this like serial munching and like <laughs> weirdly romantically obsessive person to to dedra and you know i didn't expect that i don't know where it's gonna go but yeah it's uh it's it's not as uh what i was thinking i guess yeah no i agree and i i I'm getting bothered by how much cereal he eats. I feel like every episode has a scene with him eating cereal, and it annoys me because his name sounds like cereal. Cereal like, <laughs> cereal is like a children's learning card for the letter C. Hey, what, I, I wonder what, what's at the bottom of that cereal box that he's trying to get. I mean, it must be yeah, a little toy or something down there. Yeah, invisible ring or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we know from Star Wars Rebels and from just other kind of Star Wars stories that the Rebellion has had to kind of dig deep in terms of, uh, resources and who they're able to trust and make and do business with. And, um, we see Mon kind of faced with a bit of an ultimatum, uh, with her dilemma in terms of moving money and taking out loans and whatever. And her banker friend, um, says, uh, our only option is to deal with someone named Davos Golden, which is, uh. A new character to Star Wars, expanding on the underworld and and that activity. Uh, but I thought that was just like a neat little kind of expansion upon just the underworld and just kind of Star Wars lore in general. That that you know this is this might be the first time that Mon Mothma ever has to deal with someone like this. No, that's a good point. I think that's probably quite likely because we that never would have been necessary during the Clone Wars. So why no. would she have needed to? Right, yeah, and and you know we see the likes of people like Hondo and 
what, what's that guy? Uh, 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 I think it's Visago in in Star Wars Rebels. Visago and uh, there's oh, you know, yeah, yeah. There's like that's a, the big big red guy, right? The, that that's a different one. I think that's As Morgan. There's As Morgan, oh, yeah, and then there's Morgan. yeah. There's right. a Visago is like the yellowy kind of green skin guy with the horns, you know, and he's like an arms dealer or something, and then. Uh, yeah. And then the other one is, 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 I think he deals in a bunch of stuff, but, uh, yeah, it, they're, they're funny little characters, but I mean, like, it, it's just kind of like those sketchy kind of characters. Like they're not exactly rebels, but that like they have to deal with these people if they want to move cargo or, or whatever, right? Like just stuff to kind of keep the rebels, the, the rebellion alive. Uh, they need smugglers this uh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, they need yeah smugglers. You know, just people that are um, yeah. essentially criminals Fences. in the eyes of the empire, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's an interesting moment I think for Mon because she's kind of realizing like the more that we fight the empire, the more that we're also just the same. Like we're all just criminals in their eyes, mm-hmm. right? And no, it, it's true. And she's forced to do that because the more they they rebel, <laughs> the more the empire tightens their grip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, like. You know, if the world went to chaos, like, you know, it's like all of a sudden, like the difference between the common man who's like fighting for freedom against their empire and like the common man who was once before known as like a thief, um, you probably wouldn't care. Like <laughs> you're, you're, you're both faced with the same enemy and you're kind of both just trying to stay alive at this point and trying to survive and do what you can to kind of make money and, you know, make your way through the galaxy, right? And so Maybe Lando had it right all along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was a very interesting kind of moment that she's faced with and probably a first for her, right? Uh, also, um, Olaf, uh, with 42 shifts left, his mind is deteriorating. His mind is going, he, uh, he has a stroke, and um, simultaneously something happens on level two. Something's very wrong. And uh, they find out through the, through the grapevine that... They fried everybody on level two. Something, some, some prisoner was supposed to get out. They made a mistake. He ended up on a different floor and resentencing his entire time at the prison. And a whole floor kind of found out about this and rebelled against, like you know, their their guards and everything. They killed everybody for it. And uh, Kino, I guess, can't believe that they did that, right? Like, and you know, he's kind of freaking out, going like, "What the heck?" Like, you know, he's counting down the days. He's got, like, less than a year. And, uh, you know, I think he's kind of, he's finally hit his breaking point. So, you know, at the end of the episode, after Olaf's death, uh, he finally kind of breaks down and says to Andor, like, there's 12 guards, no more than 12 guards on each level. Um, Did you guys have any kind of thoughts about that whole thing? I'm glad you clarified it a bit because I didn't entirely understand. Like, I didn't realize the whole floor got fried. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just the one guy got resentenced back in. And so, like, no one was ever going to escape with the new rules. So just going to keep cycling them. Yeah, there was an outrage, right, when people found out about this. And so I think when they kind of all started to freak out, they just, you know, they, yeah, they fried a whole floor. So I think that in combination with the fact that nobody gets out and they fried a whole floor that obviously found out, I really feel like they have to be putting together construction pieces for the Death Star because the Emperor has no intention of anyone finding out that they're that they're building this. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, though, they they were okay with uh, completely blowing up Yavin Four. No, sorry, not Yavin Four. Um, Scarif in order to um to keep the Death Star plans, you know. Uh, a secret they so, also genocided the gene oceans 
Yeah, that too. That too. So like, yeah, I, I really feel that they are constructing something there that has to do with the Death Star or something of a similar sort. But I thought I thought Andy Circus's acting when it came to how he tried to handle the initial rumor and then like the second time when the, the doctor came up and he came to the realization that the entire floor got fried and there's just no way he's getting out and him trying to be the perfect manager to reduce his sentence was just completely and utterly kind of like th there was no point exactly mm -hmm. so it was just kind of depressing but yeah the, the the way his face just turned from that and then like that final quote despite again there being no blasters and stuff in this episode was like so satisfying and like oh, the man. tip of like that tense action that that happened in the episode Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really thoroughly enjoying this these prison scenes. Yeah, like there's there's very memorable to me. I have a hard time remembering. Like afterwards, I like try to remember what happened. Like I remember all the prison stuff very vividly, and I can't really remember anything else. I would like skip through. I'm like, oh yeah, oh that happened. Like I like when I see it, I remember. Then I'm like, I didn't realize it was this episode. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm, the stuff they're doing with the prison, like I don't know if the I'm saying like the levels of anxiety that it's like inducing, and then the, uh, the there's a, a mystique to it, and you kind of want to figure it out. And it reminds, did you ever watch the movie with Ewan McGregor called The Island? I know of it. I never saw it though. Okay, so yeah, it's kind of like a yeah. it's like a psychological movie. Spoilers, you don't have a spoiler button, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Where is it? Where is yeah, it? I, I think you have one, right? There we go. Okay. So, be forewarned. Uh, so, that movie uh, is very similar to this. Where it's almost like you're you're following the society that's like in this prison. They don't know anything outside. And then in that in that in that film, you you find out that they're clones of like celebrities and stuff. And the reason why they're there is they're like spare parts. So if anyone gets like hurt they have like organs to be donated and stuff but so i'm getting a lot of similar vibes to like how this prison is run mm -hmm. and it i don't know i find it very in, in, very uh, intriguing it's like very dystopian i like it quite a lot yeah, yeah it's very memorable and so um it's gonna be so interesting to see how they break out and obviously how Andy Serkis's character turns into Snoke in the end because like that that just has to link up, right? <laughs> <laughs> he goes beyond the outer rim after they escape. I um he takes too many death sticks. <laughs> yeah, too many death sticks. Yeah, that, that's what happens, kids. Um I I I, lo I love this uh, all the prison stuff too. I mean, uh what what he says to Kino, I think in this episode as well, it's so good. You know, he's like, you think they care? You think you think they're listening? Like, you know, they don't care about us. Like, we're cheaper than droids. Like, they just one of us kind of just one of us, one of us dies. They just replace us with a new person, right? Like, it's you know, it's just so uh, it's so true. Like, because Kino's kind of uh, you know, he's very hesitant to even attempt breakout, or he's just like, all right, let, let's just do our time and get out of here the way we're supposed to, right? But then when he finds out that that's not a reality or not a possible reality at all, like so realistically, like maybe we're just stuck here. Right. And, uh, and I think that that's exactly kind of like what Andor is talking about. He's like, yeah, they don't care about us. They don't care if we get out. They don't care if we care about that. Uh, 
nobody's going to do anything about it and they're not listening they to us anyways. numbers yeah we're yeah, just a number it. to them yeah we're just a number to them and and it's, and it's either they're do, you're, you're fine or you're behind and then they get to punish you that's it yeah. that's probably like that's like the two scenarios well if they can afford to fry a whole floor you know just just for punishment of like oh yeah these people aren't any any good to us anymore they're not going to be productive let's just discard them we'll we'll get more prisoners in a week anyways right like that's crazy. <laughs> That's They're a, literally just numbers. They're all just numbers and yeah. they all have an expiry date. Oh yeah. It's a different kind of um, system. You know, when we look at the clone wars and, and how each clone was also a number, you know, and they're, they're a person and uh, all the, all of the clones through the clone wars, like they have these small debates every now and again that they kind of, you know, someone's, someone's faced with this uh, topic where they'll go by a name and the Pong Krell Ambara arc was, I think, the most kind of prominent for this um, for this particular subject. But uh, he, you know, he 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 thinks they're all just numbers, right? Like they're all just kind of disposable mm. people that were kind of bred for one purpose, and that's just to fight and die for the Republic. And it, it's like, yes, they are kind of <laughs> made for that, but at the same time, it's like these are people with their own identities and their own names that they give themselves, and and. You know, a lot of the Jedi actually like feel and respect that, right? So, like, they will call them by their names and and not like their numbers. And uh, um, it's interesting that they, in a way, are kind of just slaves. Like, you know, the they're they were just born to to work and and die for a purpose. And uh, now here, the Empire is treating just people of the galaxy almost no different than they did their army from the last war. So. Uh, very interesting parallel there. Uh, we have a little bit of time left, so uh, let's just hit some headlines and then we can wrap up here, shall we? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let's get into the speeder. All right. So uh, we got some uh, some interesting news. Uh, to get through, uh, which I just want to bring up with you guys before we wrap up today here. Um, first headline is the Acolyte. Uh, they've announced casting, finally, and uh, which is really exciting because there's some recognizable names on this list here. So I figured I would kind of run through it with you guys and just maybe we just speculate. <laughs> uh, uh, Amanda Stenberg from uh, The Hate You Give. Emmy Award winner Lee Jung Jae. Uh, you'll know him from Squid Game. Manny Jacinto from Nine Perfect Strangers, Daphne Keen from His Dark Materials, Jody Turner-Smith from Queen and Slim, Rebecca Henderson from Inventing Anna, Charlie Barnett from Russian Doll, Dean Charles Chapman from 1917, uh, you may also recognize him from Game of Thrones, I think it is, and Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix uh, are all in... Star Wars The Acolyte. So they've also released some uh, Lucasfilm released from uh, behind the scenes imagery from uh, from the set uh, from the show. Uh, so it all looks very uh, very exciting. It's going to be a mystery thriller which takes viewers to a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Uh, a former Padawan reunites with her Jedi master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than ever anticipated. Uh, so yeah, the High Republic, you know, as we know, is the Jedi at their prime era, centuries before the Phantom Menace. Uh, there's a huge kind of literacy 
uh, endeavor into kind of bringing us up to speed on what happens in that era. But uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to the accolades. So I, I've wondered if, if you guys had any thoughts on this casting or this show or anything you kind of want to spitball out before we kind of wrap up. Uh, I didn't expect them to cast Trinity for The Matrix. That really threw me off. So I do like her. She's a good actress. I really yeah. like the, the Matrix movies. I'm just not sh- My one concern, I guess, is going to feel like we're crossing streams. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm only familiar with, like, Daphne Keene and, and Dean Charles Chapman. Uh, of course, Lee Jung-jae as well from, from, from Swedish Games. So I... I I think it's going to be a good cast. I then, but then again, I have no idea what the story is going to be about. So it's hard to tell, you know, who plays what and 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 what the whole story will, will play out to be. So I'm just going to be curious to how many people will be upset by the end of this show on how much old canon that, that they break. Mm. But oh, yeah, that's a good question. Gonna, I, I feel like it's going to be like, it's going to be a bit of a bloodbath with that. But oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And depending on how, like, what type of scale they keep this story at, like Andor is quite focused on Andor and those specific characters. Yeah, so um, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to it. More Star Wars. If they take their time and, and, and you know, write a good script, it should be okay. Yeah, this show is kind of, it's, I think the idea is that they're using the show to kind of bring in the Sith into, like, not really like an origin thing, but it's like, yeah, this is kind of, these series are crime, these series of crimes are going to be, I guess, connected to a, uh, to a Sith. Like, they're very much kind of insinuating that this is going to be the, um, the idea, you know, it's kind of in the title of the show. So, um, yeah, that's going to be, to me, that's really cool. I'm, I'm very excited to see that. I, I don't know if it's going to be like a Plagueis story or, or maybe his master or something like that, but I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I, I feel like it's very rare that we get a Star Wars story that's based around a villain. So, yeah. Well, we'll oh, right. wait and see on that. I, I'm hesitant because they never do that. I'm really hesitant uh, that they'll go through it. Yeah. They'll do a I Battlefront guess... 2 on us. They yeah, exactly. And then exactly. they turn into, yeah. <laughs> that's my guess unfortunately because i feel like star wars has a hard time just following the bad guy like mm-hmm. they never the only time we ever saw that was plagueis the right. plagueis novel which is a great novel think... people people should definitely pick that up and give it a you know check it out kind of thing it's it's awesome yeah because every other time they end up turning good yeah so that's true that's true star wars is a redemption story uh, here's a second line, uh, a second headline for you guys. Lucasfilm and Disney, um, there's a, I don't know if this is like just a rumor or, but I'm seeing this kind of blow up all over the place. But, um, after the Indiana Jones movie is released, there will be plans to make a show for Disney plus, uh, in the world of Indiana Jones, which I think would be really exciting. I know it has nothing to do with star Wars, but I thought that was kind of cool. Are they going to uncanonized young indie the live action series dude that is that is 100 canon <laughs> whether we'd like it or not there's a young indie live action series what are, i am not even aware of this the, the yeah, infer- George lucas made it in like the 90s yeah the adventures of young indiana jones so so if you look at the indiana jones saga if you have if you have the vhs tapes for the old indie indie films they might say a chapter number on the side it might say like chapter 24 or whatever, you know, on the side. So if you have if you have a box set like that, um, it's part of the um, complete collection of Indiana Jones or something. And um, the movies are the final couple chapters to the entire saga of Indiana Jones. But uh, chapters 1 through 20 or 21 or something is uh, 
basically like really long drawn out episodes of Indy and his younger days. Um, and uh, kind of reminds me of the length and style of those old Sherlock films, maybe. Like, they're all kind of, like, mysteries and, you know, with a bit of thrill in there and very kind of campy in a way. Uh, yeah, so. I have to go back and watch them. I, I didn't even know that they existed. Yeah, they're, they're a hard-to-find thing, but, you know, that's, you know, it's part of that. You know, it's surprising that Disney never put that on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised, too. Yeah. People I mean, would watch that, like, Kirk can't be the only person who was unaware. I'm sure there's lots of people also just forgot about it because it hasn't been heard of since. Like, I haven't seen advertising since I watched the VHS box set of Indiana Jones. Well, we need we need that, and if they're gonna put that up there, they have to put it on the Star Wars holiday special as well. <laughs> yeah, just might as well keep going with everything. Well, the problem with that is George had a clause in the contract when they bought when they bought Lucasfilm that if they ever like. Uh, upload or re-release oh, the no special that, that he gets the rights back. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, I need to release it. It was in the fine yeah, print. One can hope. That's right. <laughs> Very small font. You need a magnifying glass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, any last minute things you guys want to bring up before we, uh, before we bring it to a close? I'm excited for the the escape, the uh, prison break. I think that's going to be pretty cool. I'm, I'm curious how they're going to do it. Because mm-hmm. the, the prison itself is very, like, Alcatraz. So they're on this, like, island thing. So yeah, they also have to escape that. So there's not a lot of transports, it seems like. I think they mentioned that. There's, like, one every few days or something. So, right. yeah, see what happens. Yeah, well, I mean, two episodes ago, I predicted that there would be a prison escape. And then I also said that last ep- last week for the last for this episode. <laughs> so I'm gonna continue and say there will be a prison break for next week's episode. Something tells me if you keep saying that every week, eventually you'll be right. I have a slight feeling that Endor won't stay in that prison for this whole show, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I still think that's why there's a two-year gap. It's in the end, the uh, Andor that we see in Rogue One was just his uh, stunt double. It was, uh, it's not actually him. It's just a it's clone of Andor. Yeah. It's a clone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for coming back on Star Wars Escape Pod, and we'll catch you in the next one. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All right, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. From whatever platform you're on uh if you follow us on social media which is on twitter at swsk podcast and on instagram as well uh you might have seen that we've uh debuted or launched a youtube channel uh which if you can visit that link and hit the subscribe button uh we are are, are currently uploading our, our our previous episodes from the podcast with a very fun visual loop to, to look at so you can consume star wars escape pod on youtube uh, completely, uh, completely unmonetized, um, uh, you know, at least for the foreseeable future. Is, um, but who knows? Um, and uh, you know, we uh, we look forward to catching up um, on YouTube with the with the current episodes that we're putting out week to week. So it's going to take a while to get there. Um, if you've seen the message, messages on the on the Discord server as well, which you're welcome to join. That link is in the description of this and every other podcast episode out there. Uh, you can. Uh, Catch up on all the latest Star Wars chat in the Discord uh, using the public forums, the Star Wars news RSS feeds, and much more. Uh, We've got uh, so much coming to you on Star Wars Escape Pod. Don't forget to check out those Tales of the Jedi after show reviews. 
We'll see you next week here on Star Wars Escape Pod. May the Force be with you.